Overcast morning. It is a gloomy Sunday morn. Mm-hmm. We've got our coffees. We've had a scone, <laughs> a taco. Oh yeah, we are caffeinated and thriving. <laughs> <laughs> because today we're honoring movies released in the year two thousand and one. The year of our Lord two thousand and one. Zoe, it was a great year this for movies. This was a wonderful this year, year for fucking movies. Rip. I cannot wait to get into this. Me neither. Me neither. Okay, picture this. It's March 24th, 2002. 2002. The Oscars are happening. Tom Cruise does a cold open <laughs> in his braces. Never forget. Which Clear I braces. Did. I will never. To me, he still has them. Tom Adult Braces Cruise gives us... I'm going to say not a lot of reverence for the absolute earth-shattering events of 9-11. He doesn't even mention them. The words 9 and 11 are never mentioned. <laughs> never mentioned. He's not even introduced by Donald and Glenn. Okay, wait. <laughs> Rewind. Okay, we need to start this episode over because... <laughs> Guys, this is the year that we... <laughs> I can't even explain it. Okay. They have two voiceover artists yeah. doing the like uh, welcome yeah. to the what year 74th academy awards your host whoopi goldberg and who are those voices zoe coming Gee. from a dark hole in the bowels <laughs> of the kodak theater they literally show where they're recording it and it's like behind scaffolding <laughs> In black box, but it's still in their evening wear. And it it's- is uh, Academy <laughs> Award non-winners, famously, con- famously consistent losers of the Academy Award. Donald Sutherland and Glenn Close. They just really had to like put that final nail in the coffin. So what we're gonna do instead is put you in a broom closet, and, and you are gonna work for us. <laughs> She's like. I'm going to win an Academy Award for this for role. This. <laughs> okay, so Tom Adult Braces Cruise gives us barely anything. And yeah. then. But we, then we have. Whoopi, Whoopi fucking Goldberg comes out of the ceiling from the rafters in a full silver. There's a top hat involved. Yeah. It's a homage to Satine. Satine, that's right. From the Australian film Moulin Rouge. Descends from the rafters, singing Oscars are a girl's best friend. Nicole is like, oh my god, that's me! That's me! You are doing me! me. We come to that place for literal magic. We come for magic. 
Whoopi. I mean, it's Whoopi. Come Whoopi's on. Whoopi's a great host. Whoopi's an incredible host. There are some jokes that are like, ooh, ooh. but it is the year 2002. Yeah. This ceremony goes for four hours and 23 minutes. Longest in recorded history. 41.8 million viewers. It's a banner year because not only are there, is it just like an embarrassment of riches, but it also, in my humble scholarly opinion, is a turning of the tides for Hollywood filmmaking. The tides, they are turning. They're turning. Within a month, you have the start of two incredibly lucrative, influential franchises. Here come the franchise girls. We've got Lord of the Rings. Give us the rings. (laughs) That's from a different franchise. (laughs) And Harry Potter. Um, Harry Potter, which we'll get into it. But um, (laughs) I think this is... I mean, obviously, there had been franchises before. X-Men started in 2000. But no one... There had been Batmans and stuff like that. Mission Impossible. But, like, this was the start of franchise culture, I think. Mm. This was, like, Hollywood being like, we can make that much money? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do more of that. Of, like, we can make that much money and also win awards for it? Yeah. I think this is a... Inexplicably, I might add. (laughs) I also think this is a year for big, fun, silly, iconic millennial movies. Truly. This is like... It's like... Can I throw some names at you? Please do. Save the Last Dance. Yep. The Wedding Planner. Yep. Saving Silverman. (laughs) Your favorite movie of all time. I inexplicably love. Down to Earth. We've got get over it we've oh, got yeah. spy kids spy kids let's fucking go bridget jones's diary josie and the, the fucking, fucking pussy cats if you want to talk to me for 45 minutes <laughs> that's your topic yeah. okay we've got the mummy returns a knight's tale a knight's tale Mulan guys Rage, obviously shrek we'll get into it pearl harbor Michelle Bay was crazy for that one. You're crazy for that one, Michelle. Legally Blonde. Fast and the Furious. America's Sweetheart. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, was that the start of the Fast franchise? You bet your ass it was. This is the start of franchise culture. Here we go. Um, Then we also have like Wet Hot American Summer. One of the greats. Okay. Are you ready for this one? Mm -hmm. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Okay. We will get into it. You better believe it is coming up a lot because... (laughs) Can you imagine living in a world, and we did, where Donnie Darko and Monsters, Inc. come out in the same, like, breath? Are you serious? I'm not even kidding. What an embarrassment of riches. I know I've said that 500 times already, but... Yeah, don't you love doing that, like, looking at the Wikipedia page of, like... 2003 in film and it's like you look at the february and it's like wow can you can you believe these two movies came out at the same time that's history okay you want to talk about history we're not going to talk about not another teen movie the greatest film of all time literally the greatest film of uh, you best it comes up again for me i'm not kidding Okay, so picture this. We've got Whoopi coming from the ceiling yeah. doing a Moulin Rouge number. We've got Glenn and Don back in, 
in a black hole of despair <laughs> in the orchestra pit. So, okay, Best Supporting Actress. Our nominees are Kate Winslet for Iris, Marissa Tomei for In the Bedroom, Maggie Smith for Gosford Park, Helen Mirren for Gosford Park, and winning is Jennifer Connelly for A Beautiful Mind. Uh, uh, so <laughs> this is one of those phenomena of like gorgeous beautiful woman plays the emotional center for the male hero yes very much that and it's a lot of like longing beautiful shots of this longing beautiful woman right or this beautiful woman longing correct yeah and it's like that's what we're giving the oscar to right is how gorgeous she looks and how maternal and sweet yes. and Madonna. how mommy she is how for mommy this she husband is. of hers yeah yeah so you know we don't like that <laughs> um no a beautiful mind is like so another thing that i learned from my homework is that the shakespearean love of it all and the saving private ryan really pitted miramax and dreamworks against each other dreamworks was like Ooh this new powerhouse of like these three dudes steven spielberg jeffrey katzenberg and some other guy i don't remember uh david geffen i think the music guy oh skg yes um they they like started a super group of like dreamworks and after saving private ryan lost because harvey played so dirty dreamworks was like fuck that and like started pushing their movies super hard they did a, did that with american beauty and they did that with a beautiful mind so oh, not see. only is miramax getting nominations for like literally for what but so is dreamworks because they're like no no yeah we're not gonna let that happen again I will say, though, that this was, again, I think I mentioned this last week, this was still a time period when movies for adults could make hundreds of millions of dollars. A Beautiful Mind made $316 million. Well, this is coming off Russell Crowe's Best Actor Oscar from Gladiator. (sighs) Yeah, well, whatever. But... Like that would <laughs> that would never happen now. Movies like that were hugely successful. It's like a period drama for adults. It's not like you know. It's not appealing to kids or teenagers or any of those dickheads. Those little fuckers. My beef with this movie is that none of it is, or like it's all false, wildly inaccurate. Mm. And then they invite the man himself to the ceremony to be like We're wasn't it here. that he didn't have like the paul bettany of it all wasn't actually yeah so paul bettany is like a vision yeah a figment of oh, his... which is his character in the avengers okay <laughs> whoa <laughs> uh we were like two minutes into this movie and we were like okay so he's not real yeah like yeah. this is he literally doesn't talk to anyone else. No one else can see him. Um, and the John Nash, is that his yeah. name? Never happened. Never yeah. happened. Yeah. 
And it's like, that's your main storyline device, your plot yeah. device, and it doesn't even exist. So, yeah. Not on my list. <laughs> shall I Shall I go through my list? I'd love to hear it. Okay. I have, I do have Maggie Smith, but not for Gosford Park. I have her on here for her iconic turn as Professor McGonagall in Harry Potter and the Cha- and the Sorcerer's Stone. And yes, I and was New a Zealand Harry Potter Pulcho. girl. Lord of the Rings. I'm like, who's she? See, I couldn't give less of a rip. I have a visceral memory of seeing the first L-O-T-R, L-O-T-R uh, in the cinema with my father. That's special. Yeah. I have a I have a memory of seeing the first Harry Potter in the cinema with my mom and my best friends, twins slash triplets, Hannah and Sarah. <laughs> was there a boy triplet? There was a boy triplet. He yeah. was not invited. Okay. <laughs> um, well, see, that's special it's too. Special. So okay. I have Maggie Smith as Professor McGonagall because she is just special magic for me. And like, once again... It's kind of slim pickings. For it's almost as if they don't write wait good for, for women. <laughs> Interessante. Next, I have Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, that has sent shockwaves <laughs> through my body. For what? I have Gwyneth Paltrow for the Royal Tenenbaums because oh, okay. I do you think this is one of this is like maybe her best role okay this is gonna come up a lot on this podcast is people doing their best roles by playing themselves yes and i think that's like that should that should be like acknowledged Mm -hmm. sorry ben affleck should have been nominated for gone girl because he was playing himself absolutely 10 out of 10 yeah This is her best role because she is playing a version of herself. I think she's wonderful in that movie. And because she's, I mean, sorry, we love her. Okay, is this for being her? <laughs> is this context? I'm just curious. Like, I agree yeah. with you, whatever. I'm just curious if the, the context that you're is like, okay, knowing what we know now, or is it like, in this moment is it both like in this world she already has one right i don't think she should right but because that was like fully just a harvey campaign i think it's both i think like sorry and not to overuse this word this is like an iconic role her little wooden pinky i mean come on but she's also like really good in it she's very heartbreaking yeah yeah and oh this is this is an example of like you can't nominate one without the other so it will be coming up in best supporting actor okay so i think that's also a trope you'll see you can't nominate sorry you can't nominate jesse eisenberg as mark zuckerberg and not nominate andrew garfield as eduardo sabret i'll go through the rest of my sorry 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 gwyneth paltrow i have julie andrews for Princess Diaries. The queen Truly of Genovia. Truly the queen. Queen of our hearts and minds. Queen of Genovia. She brings so much warmth. And like that is such a tough gig. I'm sorry. Yeah. To be like, okay, I'm the matriarch. Yeah. I'm like, I'm- I need this girl to do something she's not ready for. Say But 
I'm going to be the warmest grandmother you've ever seen, but still be queen and chic and play by the rules. Like you can, she's approachable, but she's still regal. Yes. Can you imagine? She's maybe playing herself. <sighs> Sing it. Um, I do. My one holder holdover is Marissa Tomei for In the Bedroom. This movie mm, rocked yeah. my shit. Very I had not nice. seen it. And then we watched it. Our lives were changed forever. It's, it's, I mean, Todd Field's one of our best, or one of our greatest. He is America. He makes films. Americana. Yeah, he's Americana. Sorry, this is his first film. Like, the the talent on display. Okay, for those who haven't seen it, Marissa Tomei is, has basically fled her ex-husband played by tom cruise's cousin the scariest man <laughs> he's in the category of scariest men alive with crispin glover sorry sorry no like it's literally he's tom cruise's so cousin scary. and he's so scary he was on lost never forget are we gonna like haunted my nightmares as a child and then my winner laura Harring for mulholland drive mm. That's a good one. Talk about roles for women, which is like kind of <laughs> funny because it is that it is that phenomenon of incredible complexity and like roles for women by torturing them, <laughs> torturing their psyche. <laughs> and that is David Lynch's specialty. But I mean, it has as we created, sit under your wild at heart poster. As we sit under our wild at heart poster. But like some of the great performances have come from his movies specifically the two-hander of naomi watts and laura herring in this movie is like undeniable yeah and laura herring i'm sorry i don't know if it's herring or herring herring probably i don't know can't help you sorry incredible supporting performance one of the one of the greats like one of the meatiest Supporting performances. The definition of magnetic. And again, you can't nominate one without the other. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah. So I had Marissa Tomei. Yes. I also had Miss Laura. Mm-hmm. Laura? <laughs> Laura? Okay, then I'm going to throw some curveballs at you. Okay, let's hear it. Um, Miss Kate Blanchett. Because I do believe she should be in a Meryl situation where wherever she, whatever she does, she should be nominated. I'm sorry. And what what film is this for, Zoe? So this is for a little a little film called Bandits, <laughs> <laughs> directed by Barry Levinson. Is the movie good? No. Is she absolutely wackadoodle <laughs> giving us the full Kate? Yes. Okay. I love that. And I don't think we had seen it very much yet. Yeah, she was fully in, like, I'm a serious actress. I play Queen, like, Elizabethan Queen. The titular Elizabethan Queen. The titular role. She's, like, torn between Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton. These, like, group of quote-unquote bandits. (laughs) The titular bandits. They're bank robbers, and they accidentally kidnap her. And then she's like, wait, yeah, can I play too? Okay. So then I'm going to also throw at you a movie that we have not brought up yet, which is Riding in Cows with Boys. Oh, yes. A movie that I'm scared to rewatch because it was like such a big deal to me. Yeah. Brittany Murphy. Oh. 
Okay, so disclaimer, I have not seen this movie. And I I want to. It's just like how much it shook you. I'm like, okay, I have to be in the right mood to see this. Yes, it's directed by Penny Marshall. I don't think it's supposed to be as deeply upsetting as I took it to be as a teenager. (laughs) Um, But it's so good. I'm sorry. I don't think you need to apologize for that one. And Brittany Murphy is like giving us her full Brittany Murphy. Okay, so then I have a coin toss of two actresses, both from the film Donnie Darko. Oh, shit. Okay. I have Mary McDonnell as the mother. Yes. And Catherine Ross as the therapist. Oh, so... Guys... People do not take Donnie Darko seriously enough. It's yeah. like legitimately a pem. It's such a good movie. A perfectly it's so executed movie. Fucking good. The music cues alone, like, make me horny. <laughs> the beautiful slow mo. The tone is pitch perfect. Incredibly quotable. You can go suck, suck a, a fuck. fuck. How does one suck a fuck? It's. It's a perfect movie. It's, it's a, a perfect pem. movie. There are and a lot I of think pems those, this year. These two women yeah, give us the like... Incredible. I think they are very responsible for grounding us yeah. in this world. Yeah. Because like it is about a teenage boy going through something, quote unquote. Yeah. But these... Like he literally travels through time and space. Yeah. But, the, <laughs> but these two women are like our anchors, yeah. I feel like. But, but it's not... What I like about it is that it's not the mommy role. No. Like, Mary McDonald in that movie is, like, the coolest headed fucking bitch you've ever met. But she's also so layered because you see her worry about her children, yeah. but then she's, like, in control. So it's, like, what is... Re- yeah. yeah. They're both, like, cool. Like, those are, like, Catherine Ross is, like, I want her to be my therapist. Absolutely. And Mary McDonald's like, I don't want you to be my mom, but I want you to be my friend's mom. So I can like go yes. over to your house and be like, I'm going to have a really cool conversation today. Yeah. Or like, I'm having boy troubles. Yeah. And she, but she would be like, he sucks. Just, just dump him. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. That's right. what a. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So who is your, who is your winner? I'm giving it to Laura. Right? Yeah. Tour de force. Supporting actor? Supporting actor. Very weird year. I've written the phrase grasping at straws. Very much so. I have three kind of wild outliers. So how about you go first this time? Okay. Who are your supporting boys? Nominated. (laughs) Nominated we had. This is who was actually nominated. Jim Broadbent for Iris, Ethan Hawke Training Day, Ben Kingsley Sexy Beast, mm-hmm. Ian McKellen, Lord of the Rings, John Voight for Ali. Um, Jim Broadbent took it home. <laughs> for what again? Iris? What the fuck is Iris? This was a huge year for him because <laughs> he's in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. He's in Bridget Jones. Yeah. This was the year of Jim Broadbent. Which is like, like we don't talk about think that about that for a second <laughs> this man was like the girl the girl popped <laughs> <laughs> well, i think he plays like the long-suffering adoring husband of right. iris okay so i had ethan hawk yeah i agree ethan hawk for sure he's my one holdover i keep 
Ian McKellen. So of all of the movies, you would nominate Ian McKellen for this one. Of all of the movies of the year 2001? No, of the L.O.T.R.s. I think you got to nominate him for this one because without a good Gandalf, none of this plays. You have to like, Mary's rolling her eyes at me. You have to like believe that this is a journey worth taking. Sure. You want to follow this man into literally the gates of hell. So... Okay, Patrick Swayze, Donnie Darko. Oh, he's so good. We don't even need to get yeah. into that. Yeah. And then I'm going to throw... But I just have to say... Yeah. He is one of my favorite actors of all time. I totally see that. No one has ever used physicality as well as he has. He's just in his body. He is so in his body. And he was really doing something different. Or he's utilizing his power for sinister purposes Cold in Donnie Darker energy. and Donnie Darker. <laughs> That's only four. That's three. Ethan Hawke, Ian McKellen, Ben Stiller, Patrick Swayze. You didn't say Ben Stiller yet, babe. Okay, so Ben Stiller and Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Oh. Okay, Ben Stiller is the reason I even saw this movie because I distinctly remember my mom bringing home the Royal Tenenbaums on DVD on a Friday night. Okay, incredible. Iconic. Um, And she was like, I don't know, it had Ben Stiller on the cover. So, like, we thought it was a comedy. Cut to two hours later, I am plunged into existential crisis. I fully believe this is the beginning of my depression clinical. Oh, okay. Because I was like, oh, wait, oh. Yeah. Something changed within me. Something was not the same after this. I was like, I didn't know movies could do this. Right. Because again, I'm like, what, 11, 12? Yeah. Yeah. I'd never seen a movie of like someone with depression. Yeah. I feel like it was one of, it was maybe the first movie I saw that like depicted depression. Mm. That's a little too close. (laughs) This is a SAG award for best cast. Absolutely. Did it not win? I don't know. Let me look. <laughs> um, okay, but who's your winner? I don't have one. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't even have five. That really grasped me for straws then. Mike Wazowski. Um, okay, I can go through my fact because I actually do have five. Okay, Brock. I'm surprised. One of these. Wait. Surprised you don't have. Ocean's Eleven throwing any of those boys in here okay but that's also a sega war for best ensemble like yeah, to me yes. you can't, can't break there isn't one that is above all else you know yeah i mean if you reduce it to supporting maybe elliot gold yeah it would be elliot gold there's one i'm surprised you did not include oh. and that is in his best role to date and probably forever i'm gonna stop you there because i know what you're gonna say and i've got him down for best actor what he's the lead she's the lead i think i think it's supporting okay well i hate women so (laughs) (laughs) and we are of course talking about chris evans in not not another another teen teen movie. movie it is his best role and i think we'll i don't imagine him topping it he comes pretty close. I can't believe I'm saying this about an Edgar Wright movie, but in Scott Pilgrim, he's incredible. Okay. But this this is truly like a star is born. <laughs> this is, is, a, who is this? Who the fuck is this? 
he is so deeply funny in this movie it's like guys beyond. i don't know if you remember but not another teen movie is Rips. incredible <laughs> like zoe thank god for this angel in my room has reintroduced how excellent this movie is to me and i can't get over it i like, feel like we've watched it maybe four times in the last two years yeah because it has some of the funniest moments ever on cinema and they all involve chris evans how did you get in here janie there's, there's a, a hole, hole in the side room. of your house <laughs> Like, those, these are the line readings of a true actor. A comedian. I, I would highly recommend revisiting it. Did it come out in the year 2001? And is it deeply problematic in some ways? Yeah. Is it one of the most horrific movies we've ever seen? Yeah. yeah. Is there some of but the two most... two things can be true at once, and that makes people uncomfortable. Like, it goes beyond problematic. Yeah. It's just like, no. And... As we know, the Academy needs to step up its game in supporting, in recognizing comedic genius. Comedic performances are are deeply underrepresented. Oh, I mean, and come on. this is the comedic performance of the year. I remember watching that movie with my sister at probably like too young of an age. It was probably like... I think 35 is too young of an age <laughs> to watch this. I was probably like nine. Whoa! <laughs> And I was like, I felt like my Catholic shame was like, what are you doing? What are you watching? What's this? That's a cock. <laughs> you should be lucky at that. Okay. So Chris Evans, I have, <laughs> there is no more wonderful of a performance of a character in a franchise than Hagrid. And Harry Potter. Robbie Coltrane for the first Harry Potter. He is love and light. He is support. He is magic for Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Okay. For, I also have Ethan Hawke. For, like I was saying, you can't nominate one without the other. Gwyneth Paltrow, you have to nominate Luke Wilson. Okay. He is so heartbreaking in this movie. Yeah. His best role. His best role. The lawning. We rarely see that kind of lawning from a man. That pining. That resol- that like sad resolution of, I will never have what I want. My winner? Jude Law's Gigolo Joe in AI Artificial <laughs> Intelligence. Zoe. This movie is a wackadoodle dooters. It's like <laughs> so like Steven Spielberg was on one with this one. It was like it's like did I watch it stoned? Yeah, but even so it's like what? But I did really like your text updates while you were watching it. Yeah. Jude Law is incredible in this movie he's one of the best he's we one got. of the best we got and curse his beautiful face yeah because but this is this is a role where his face is like the trojan horse he so he's playing an ai the layers of his performance particularly his physicality okay is like masterful 
He f- he like based it on Gene Kelly. He is sort of like a dandy. He, it's just like one of uh, such a good physical performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's and he like grounds a truly truly nutty movie. It, he's so good in it. Like it's one of his, it's maybe his best role. And he should have... That's saying something. And this is a, like... The Academy does not like to award or reward young actors. That's so true. We always get these young actresses yeah. coming in. They don't like a male ingenue. Mm-mm. And this is, like, the the arrival of one of our great male... Young male ingenues. He was nominated for Talent in Mr. Ripley, as he should be... But I do think he should have won for that. For AI. Should we do screenplay? Best original screenplay. This is... I mean, this is an embarrassment Truly. of riches for screenplay this year. Okay. So good. However, the <laughs> stu- the Academy chose to okay. nominate Gosford Park, <laughs> Amalie, Memento, Holy. Monsters Ball... Royal not even Bounds. not even monsters inc monsters ball <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy you guys there are so many inventive deeply well-written movies that came out this year and they went with gosford park so julian fellows won for gosford park which i think sets off a domino effect of because he made Downton Abbey, right? Yes, he did. It's the start of Christopher Nolan being celebrated for coming up with convoluted ways to unveil a movie. Okay, he's M. Night Shyamalan. He is M. Night... That's... You're right. So spot on. How does M. Night Shyamalan have a reputation for bad dialogue and Christopher Nolan does not? I'm not even going to get into Monsters Ball yet. My original screenplays, this is this is a heavy hitters I have. Royal Tenenbaums. That's the one they got right. Mm-hmm. I have the, uh, the correct monster, Monsters, Inc. Absolutely. Yeah. One of, so inventive, we will get into the age-old <laughs> battle of Shrek versus Monsters, Inc. An important conversation important universally. Conversation. Donnie Darko, incredible script. Training Day. I'm so sorry to like reward David Ayer for anything. Yeah. Especially because like this seems to have given him a pass for life. For life, yeah. But it is a really fucking good script. And in the mood for love. I don't know. Honestly, I would be happy with any of those winning. I don't have a clear winner. Maybe at the Royal Tenenbaums, just because it was actually nominated. And it is such a good script. So I want to start with an honorable mention of Zoolander. Because Ugh. I do find that to be very inventive. It is, for sure. Incredibly funny satire. Yeah. That so was my sixth. I don't need to get into the merits of Zoolander. It's, like, come on. Yeah. I have Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Mulholland Drive. Talk about yep. twisty twist. Yeah. 
I mean, again, it's an embarrassment of wrenches. I didn't even have that on there. Monsters Incorporated. Yeah. In the Mood for Love. Mm-hmm. And I am going to keep Amelie. Because okay. I just, I'm sorry. I think that's a, that makes sense to me. Yeah. That's, that's a movie I've never connected with. But I get it. So who's your winner? Mulholland Drive. Ugh. I can't believe I don't even have it on there. Every single aspect of the movie works to make you deeply unsettled the entire time. Mm -hmm. That you're just like not anchored to anything. No. You completely disconnect from your body. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm still going to give it best original screenplay. For sure. Um, Adapted screenplay. Also nominated, Mary. Okay, adapted screenplay we have Shrek. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings, In the Bedroom, Ghost World, literally fuck off. And the winner of Beautiful Mind. The Akiva Goldsmith effect. Based on a material previously produced or published. Okay, but you left out. Yeah. All of the good stuff. So the thing that makes this man an interesting, fully fledged human being and not like some hero nerd. Yeah. I would say that's a poor adaptation. Actually, (laughs) I am absolutely keeping Shrek because we are still eating from that well. And that's how that works. And that's how you eat from a well. (laughs) Um, We're still down on Drury Lane. Okay. Truly. I am keeping in the bedroom. Ugh. That's like my reaction to that movie. Ugh. Yeah. But in a good way. Yeah. It's like... Okay. And then I'm gonna add... Legally Blonde. Okay. Princess Diaries. Yeah. Wait, what is the original material? A book. It's a book? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, we're learning. We're learning... And Ocean's Eleven. Fuck yeah, dude! (laughs) This, is this because I was born in the year of our Lord 1994 and Princess Diaries came out when I was seven years old? Okay, I'm doing that thing that I always point out that I hate of like asking a question and then answering it. (laughs) Five thousand times an episode. Did I want her to come to the party? Yes. yes. Did I not want her to dress like that? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know why I'm doing that, but I was like seven years old when Princess Diaries came out, and it's Primo. a pem. Also legally blonde. I'm sorry. That's a great screenplay. Okay, I had. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Fuck yeah, dude. a pem. I also had a track. <laughs> I mean, you can't not. Uh, I threw in Bridget Jones. I see you're legally blonde. I raise, I raise you. Okay. okay. Bridget Jones. I think if you are to acknowledge that movie for anything, it would be its screenplay for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the bedroom. Yes. How many is that? I really want to put Josie and the Pussycats in here. <laughs> because, like, the inventiveness. Yeah, it's so smart. It is, like, such good satire. Yeah. That holds up. Like, like 
No, but it does. Yeah. Like, but actually. And again, just because this movie shook me to my core as a 12-year-old girl and, like, yeah. set me on a path. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's bad. No. <laughs> well, th- I think this is one of the thesis statements of this podcast is that films that appeal to young women should be acknowledged more because young women play a huge part in like creating cultural significance i think there was always a frustration for me without even knowing it just like looking back being like okay but why i like the things that i like why aren't those things being acknowledged why aren't those things taken seriously like why are they subjected to the realm of just four girls well even like rom-coms it's like right well those are girl chick flicks have right. you ever heard anything more disgusting than the phrase chick yeah. flicks? and grow people up. still like think this way like the amount of times i've heard a man be like i just don't think little women is for me it's like Grow the fuck up. Honestly. A lot of shit isn't for me, and I still see it. What the fuck is your problem? Like, if it's not for me, then it's not worth merit. Yes, exactly. Go fuck off. Go fuck yourself. Why don't you go watch Memento again, you fucking dickhead? Yeah, I don't know. Best Adapted Screenplay. I think I would go for, honestly, Ocean's Eleven. I'm sorry! Because, I mean... Just, like, buckle up. But that is a perfectly calibrated, plotted script of, like... Yeah. It's, like, such a plot-heavy movie, and it's executed so effortlessly. It's very economic. It's There's so no, like, fluff. We open on Danny yeah. Ocean getting down to brass tacks. And then you've tacks. got these great fucking one-liners. There's a lot to be said for the casting and the chemistry. Yeah. But it's all also on the page. Like, sometimes plotting is really important. And, like, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, it's not always just dialogue. Okay, we got, we're like, we've been recording for four hours. Yeah. We gotta hustle ourselves okay. here. Best actress. Okay. Now, okay. Yeah. This is a tough one because, I mean, for a multitude of reasons. Here's the thing. I love Halle Berry. I think she's a great actress. I think she is an actress who, if she didn't win this year, we would be like, when's her Oscar? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that without this win, she goes on to make better things. I I agree. And this is a phenomenon we've talked about of the Oscar curse. You double that with being the first black actress to win. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is insane. I mean, this book that I aforementioned, like Oscar, this book, Oscar Wars, has a whole section on the idea of like being the first. Hattie McDaniel winning for Gone with the Wind. Cindy Poitier winning for In in the Heat of the Night. Halle Berry winning for Monster's Ball. And it is such a pattern of the Oscars being criticized for not having any diversity Mm. 
they are the ones putting the tokenization on that person and are like, okay, well, we are giving this to this person and then oh. and then we can pat ourselves on the back right. and then we can go on as usual. Yeah, and then we and can it, go back to our bullshit. Right. Okay. It comes up every once in a while. I think it's become much more of a conversation since Oscar is so white. It's like actually a conversation every single year. But at the time... It was like, seriously, we haven't not we haven't um, yeah. awarded best actress to a black woman yet. I think the thing that's tricky about Monsters Ball is that, I mean, formally, it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it's also a movie where the function of this black female character is fully for the racist white men in the movie yeah it's like it's a deeply deeply upsetting movie and it has no right to be just horrific misogyny yeah it's like a tr- it's got it, it has all the boxes every, yeah it has everything that is awful in one movie it's fully like poverty and trauma porn written like this, by by two, two white men white men directed by a white man directed by a german like a non-american <laughs> white man and it's so like this is american yeah this suffering is, this is the south this is america it is like the most transparent grab for this is a serious movie about race about masculinity it like is so transparently trying to be that and fully misses the mark. This is if because it has the, truly nothing to say. I also thought that the quote that you read me before from this book of like how they describe her character. Yeah, but this is a quote from Oscar Wars. But who, quote unquote, but who would play Letitia, the volatile widow with a crumbling psyche? When Barry read the screenplay, she saw a chance to undercut her glamour girl image and establish herself as a serious actress. So this is like, this is the where, Academy yeah. has created this subtype of female role of like, actresses can only be taken seriously if they show suffering. Yeah, if they're like... If they go to hell and back and we see every, see it all over... What, what am I trying to say? Yeah, I think that was such a theme of, like, the early 2000s, especially. Like, you see it with Charlize Theron with Monster, too. It's Requiem like... Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. And it's like, this movie is especially... She is fully suffering at the ha- hands of, like, racist white men. And in the end, she ends up with one of them. And it's supposed to be, like... Well, they found each other in the end. Yeah, it's like, truly the what? it's the most depressing. It is maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. That's the thing. It's like, yes, Halle Berry does what she can with the materials, but it's also uncomfortable to watch because it's like we shouldn't be seeing this. Yeah, what, who's enjoying this? Who is this for? Great question. It's a tough one because. You want to see Halle Berry succeed. She's so talented. She's finally given material that it's different. It's still not correct. Yes, exactly. It's different. It's still not worthy of her. Yeah. But like, 
this is what was considered great material. And that is so upsetting. Yeah. Halle Berry herself has been like, she was like, I felt the backlash the next day mm. of, of winning. All right. Best actress. Halle, Halle Berry wins. Um, we have Judy Dench for Iris. Again, who is she? We have Nicole Kidman for Moulin Rouge. Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom. And Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones's Diary. So I have Halle Berry. I have Nicole Kidman. In, I think, her best role. Miss Tuberculosis herself. (laughs) I'm going to put Reese Witherspoon in there for Legally Blonde. Okay. To me, that is a more successful broad comedic performance than Bridget Jones because there is just so much that is wrong with that movie. It's not her best role, but it is one of her best roles. You have to have Maggie Chun in there for In the Mood for Love. Absolutely. So beautiful. Talk about lawning. Okay, but wait, this kind of what? We threw Jennifer Connelly to the absolute wolves for being nominated for being beautiful. and No, but that's not the only reason. Just because I said the first thing I said about her is beautiful. It's because <laughs> it's just because In the Mood for Love is the most beautiful movie I have ever seen. Yes, absolutely. It is achingly beautiful. I think in an alternative world, I will. I think I'll keep Halle Berry as winner, even though there's a lot about that that maybe isn't actually you know what i'm gonna change it i'm gonna change it Mm -hmm. to miss naomi watts we gotta have a two-hander laura harring herring um (laughs) naomi watts two-hander yeah that is her best role hands down 10 out of 10 Uh, that is a i've arrived in hollywood i am going to win an oscar for my first movie And then my career is going to be a little suspect (laughs) moving forward. Do you know what this is? This is Christian Bale not being nominated for American Psycho. Exactly. Wait, and they're both like the American dream underbelly. Yeah. I love that double feature. Okay. And I love that it's like a female perspective of a man in that and then a male perspective of, (gasps) of females in that. Bookends. Bookends. Has anyone... Am I a genius? That's a great double feature. A great, deeply unsettling double feature. This is like her and Lost in Translation. Those are two bookends of the same divorce for me. Like, literally and figuratively. thousand percent. Absolutely. Okay. Totally. Um, Okay, so who, who do you got? Okay, I keep Halle Berry. I'm keeping Sissy's basic. Oh, I know. It was hard. It was hard. Ugh. Maybe I have her in there, too. I have Naomi Watts. Drew Barrymore in Riding in Cars with Boys. She's almost never been better. Okay. She's one of our best, yeah. and this is one of her best. Okay. I have to see Again, this Again, haven't seen it since I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> but it left an impression. Okay, who? what does that leave? I'm missing a fifth. You're missing your, your mate, Australian legend. Nicole? Yeah. I don't know that this is... F- <gasps> This is it for You me. don't nominate Nicole for Mulan For Rouge? having TB. Are you serious? I don't know. Who else? Okay, I'm going to give it to Ni- Nicole. Yeah. 
I mean, sorry, you can't not. She's so good. Okay, but you and Gets lost in, in the mix here. Huh? You and McGregor. I don't think it's his. It hasn't not even his, been mentioned. It's not his movie. Okay, yes. so we got to keep going. Okay, sorry. Um, actor. Okay. This is another, like, okay, I said last week, like, this never happened <laughs> that the Academy gets it right. This is the second year in a row where they do get it right, in my opinion. They did it last year with Julie Roberts and Aaron Brockovich. Actress meets role meets perfect timing. I would say that's the same for Denzel. Denzel in Training Day is one of the great... That's the bar. That's the bar. He, like, okay, so I had never seen Training Day until this year. And, I like, okay, anything I say about it, I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, <laughs> Have like, you guys seen Training Day? Training Day? Guys, it's really good. But it is, like, no one, no one does it better than Denzel. Again, everyone has like, said that ever no, in the world, but, but it's worth so it's re- worth mentioning. No one does it better than Denzel. This is the guy. You have no idea what's what he's going to do next. And everything is like so manipulated. And I don't know that that's all on the page. No, it's not. He makes this yeah, interesting to watch. Yeah. Also nominated okay, boys. I think I have to take training day off and put Mulholland Drive on for best original screenplay because you're right it's not the dialogue is good but it is the acting that makes it like the plot is good the plot is good but it is Denzel it's Denzel that makes makes the movie movie. yeah I agree okay so also nominated was Mary's mate Russell Crowe Sean Penn for a little movie called I Am Sam (laughs) Will Smith and Ali and Tom Wilkinson for In, in the, the Bedroom. Yeah. I think I'm going to keep Denzel as the winner for 1,000%. I'm going to keep Will Smith and Ali. Mm-hmm. Again, truly such a strange movie. Like, how do you make a film set in, like, the 60s? On video. Like, it's so ugly it's so bad i'm sorry i'm sorry for screaming yeah i agree but he's great in it he's very good in it i'm going to put in some some new options here speaking of zoolander i'm gonna put ben stiller in there hell yeah dude because that is one of the great comedic performances of this century that movie was my world for a long time i watched it every week i transcribed zoolander oh, by hand i want to cry the dvd feature at menu will still Oof. pop into my little melon Oof. as i'm like walking down the street it's my internal monologue the worst thing about this streaming era that we live in <laughs> is that we do not get dvd extras and dvd director commentary director commentary bring fed it me. back why do we why does that not come with movies when they're on streaming like why isn't there like an extras and then we can watch it with like the director commentary where are the bloopers where are the bloopers where are the behind the scenes a bts featurette oh, that rocks my shit 
more than anything. Some of my best memories are <laughs> watching the director commentary tracks of my favorite movies. I can quote you the director commentary track was super bad. <laughs> okay. Um, Who are you going So with? I got Ben Stiller in there. Okay. I've got Tony Lunn for In the Mood for Love. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. another pairing. You can't have one without the other. Absolutely. They, he is every bit a movie star such a throwback yes because in those older movies there wasn't a lot of dialogue it was so much just like these people existing in a scene the longing the longing and he is such a like he's so fucking handsome and oh he just like they both just like light up the screen in like a silver screen yes it's such a yeah it feels very much like it's like our casablanca you know okay i love say that. that i just came up with that it should be held it is i think and hell should be held in the same regard as that movie in terms of like being one of the most romantic movies ever made just like this deeply it's deeply important you guys this movie is important <laughs> to the history of cinema but those costumes in a museum that is sorry sorry to Catherine martin but Academy Award for Best Costume should have gone to In the Mood for Love and not Moulin Rouge. My, this is another, why don't we nominate young men? Mm. Jake Gyllenhaal for Donnie Darko. That is. Not Bubble Boy or (laughs) same year. That is A Star is Born. Yeah. He is so fucking good in Donnie Darko. Yeah. I think that's also maybe his best role. Get out! It's one of them. I think it's one of his best roles. You don't think he I see been a world in which he's nominated? Yeah, I think he should have been. I feel like he and Heath Ledger ushered in that era of men and talent. Like men born in 1980 started with Jake Whoa. in in Donnie Darko, and now that's Whoa. like most of our movie stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got Ryan Gosling. You got... Your Chris Pines. Chris Pines. You got your Oscar Isaac. You got your... Like, like they're all born around the time of 1980. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Interesting. And sorry, you don't get... You don't see roles for teenage boys like that. And you're not going to see it again until Until Call Me By Your Name. Timothée, I was going to say. With that much depth and that much to work with. That is more than just, like, a teenage boy wanting to fuck and, like, get into college. So true. That you definitely combo. That. <laughs> it is a deathly combo, and it is most of movies. Of I'm, trying early fuck. I'm trying to go to UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to fuck, and I'm going to go to Stanford, even though I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> Dumb as a fucking rock, but I'm going to Dartmouth. Um, yeah. Okay. Who do you have? Okay. So I have Denzel winning. Um, I have Will Smith. I have Tom Wilkinson. I'm going to steal your Donnie Daco. I'll also steal your Tony. Director. Here we go. So here's where I come up with a, a thesis that I might not stick to. <laughs> but for this year, I'm going to. I think the only place it makes sense to 
acknowledge Lord of the Rings above the line <laughs> is in the director category. Those, all those spinning plates. Yeah. Pate had them going. Yeah. I don't think it deserves a Best Picture nomination. Lord of the Rings. Nomination? I'm sorry. Is not good. It's wow. so cheeseball. <gasps> it's like so fucking cheesy, these movies. But it wasn't in 2000. And... Okay. I know. I'm coming from. from I'm coming, coming at it. me, first of all. I'm coming at it from an adult's perspective. I did not. <laughs> Okay, the condescension. I did not experience this through the, a child's wondrous eyes. Yeah, and that's my thing about Harry I know, Potter. I know, and yet, and yet, do but I do have both Peter Jackson and Chris Columbus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they both. And I'm sorry to me. I think just because it appeals to me more, Harry Potter, like the world building that man did. To, to establish the world for the first movie is such a feat. The casting yeah, I, of those children yeah. is one of the greatest feats of casting ever. Mm-hmm. Like, he created such a magical world. Like, okay, here's the thing. This is why Harry Potter appeals to me so much. It's about childhood friendship. And I know Lord of the Rings is also about friendship, but it's, like, not children. I mean, the hobbits have known each other since birth, but okay. But it's like children coming of age. It's school, and it's magical school. It's like everything I could have ever wanted as a child. Like, friends in a magical castle. I thought you were coming at this from an adult's perspective. Okay. Drag me down. (laughs) No, I totally understand what you're saying. I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I think... Movies like this lie in the decision-making of the director. They are calibrating every aspect yeah. of this world-building. which is, And that is the success of Lord of the Rings, yes. is this world-building. I was just going to say, I, I agree, and also copy-paste that onto Peter Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, who is nominated? Best director we have... Peter Jackson for Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Robert Altman for Gosford Park. Ridley Scott for Black Hawk Down. Excuse me. David Lynch for Mulholland Drive. And winning, we have Ron Howard for A Beautiful Mind. To me, that feels like Ron Howard is notoriously one of the nicest men in Hollywood. He's deeply beloved. And DreamWorks put so much fucking money behind campaigning for this movie that voters were like, oh, I love Ron. I'll vote for him. I'm going to put Peter Jackson on there. I'm going to put Chris Columbus on there. Aforementioned. I'm going to put Todd Field on there. Hell yeah. Because that is the beginning of the career of one of our greatest directors. And for that to be your first film is truly like go fuck yourself (laughs) um i am going to keep david lynch for mulholland drive what a singular mind what a beautiful mind winning i'm gonna have wong kar wai for in the mood for love okay i think it is for all intents and purposes the best movie of the year 2001 and i think a lot of that lies in the the 
aesthetic specificity of the mind of Wong Kar Wai. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, who do you have? I have Todd Field. Yeah. I have Pete Jackson. Mm-hmm. I have Dave Lynch. I have Stephanie Soderbergh. Yep. For Ocean's Eleven. And I have Wes Anderson. Ooh. For Royal Tin and Bims. Who's your winner? My personal opinion of who should win mm-hmm. is Todd Field. Um, but in this realm, I'm going to say Peter Jackson mm-hmm. so that we can move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> as a, not like me and you here today. I mean, like, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The, the next is, three years are yeah. dominatrix L-O-T-R. <laughs> yeah. And it's so boring. It's so boring. Give it to him and be done. But But I do think you reward him as a director for the first one because it is because of the world building. Yeah. Yeah. You're telling us, okay, we're going on an adventure. Pack your fucking knapsack. Yeah. Welcome to this entirely a whole new world. Best picture. Okay. The phone. The thing died. (laughs) Story of our freaking life. (laughs) Best picture. Picture. Best picture. Picture this. Nominated, we have A Beautiful Mind, Gosford Park, In the Bedroom, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Moulin Rouge. We have, picture this, it's a 2002 Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, we know, is friends with Ron Howard. We assume. They made Splash together. They made Apollo 13 together. They made the Da Vinci Code together. Not yet. Not yet, but they will. They've been to space. One of the best movies ever made, the Da Vinci Code. (laughs) They've been to the sea. They've been to the Louvre. (laughs) They've been everywhere together. They've traveled space and time. So he comes out looking real cute. And they give it to a beautiful mind. I can accept... The gladiator of it all from the year 2000. As you should. A Beautiful Mind is far from an acceptable winner. Wait, that's two crows. Back to I'm back telling crows. you, why was this man so popular? He had like an, a hold over the culture in he the early cool. 2000s. There is nothing cool about okay. Russell Crowe. It's like it's like an, a quote unquote issues movie but it's like the most lacking and nuanced version of that and that's like the same with green book it's like how that movie quote-unquote deals with race (laughs) or this movie quote-unquote deals with mental illness it it's like the older part of the academy voting body okay did you know that Part of campaigning includes actors and campaigners going to assisted living houses in like Palm Springs and LA and Santa Barbara and like spending the day with like old, old Academy members to get their votes. 2001, you know who's old in 2001 and still voting? Mickey Rooney. (laughs) Like this is what we're like. This is what we're dealing with. Yeah. Very much old guard vibes. And yeah. like, I can see a movie about mental illness that doesn't make me feel bad. Yeah. Who do you got? You go first. I have In the Bedroom, one of the greatest folks of all time. Same. I have her in there as well. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. I cannot say I have the same. <laughs> 
Moulin Rouge. I cannot say I have the same. Wait, but you have Nicole. Yeah, because she's the she is that movie. Yeah, so nominate the movie. No. <laughs> she is that movie. I fucking burned this soundtrack into yeah. the ground. This It rips. Oh yeah. Mulholland Drive. Absolutely. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's fucking Eleven. And the winner is Ocean's Eleven. Can you imagine? I can. And I do. Because (laughs) that is who I have as like a clear winner. Really? Ocean's Eleven is my best picture of 2001. I do not understand the Academy at all. It's like the versions of the movies that they choose are always the wrong versions. They love like a big Hollywood movie with movie stars. But they always pick the wrong version. Here is the perfect version of that. And you're not going to acknowledge it. It is a perfectly executed movie. It is the best version of studio filmmaking, making a fun romp for adults. It's so rewatchable. It's one of the most rewatchable movies of all time. It's so smart. It is perfect at what it is. It is, without a doubt, my best picture. The Academy needs to have more fun. It does. But do you get what I mean? The movie itself isn't about Hollywood, but the makeup of the movie is so deeply, like, historically Hollywood. It's yeah, like, like the- you got this old-timey producer. You got the hot young director. You got the big ensemble cast filled with the biggest stars in Hollywood. Who are replicating characters originated by the by- original yes, movie stars. it's so emblematic of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the industry itself. But see, I think... In this world that you're positing, there's passion. Yeah. <laughs> That's Which, a great point. And I don't think... There isn't. That's the sad reality of so this. so much apathy swirling around yeah. here and personal bias, obviously. I think only Robert Redford cares about movies yeah. in the way that he should, in yeah. the way that these people should. Right. But that, to me, is my clear winner. I also have In the Bedroom. I also have Mulholland Drive. I am going to put Training Day in there. Yeah, that was my honorable mention. And I'm going to put In the Mood for Love in there. Okay. I, most of the time, like when Best Picture and Director split. I don't know if I had that for last year. Best Picture, Tom Hanks. Can you imagine Tom Hanks presenting Best Picture to Ocean's Eleven? Okay, who is your (laughs) Best Picture of 2001, Zoe? In an absolute upset. That I will regret. Okay. And will change my mind about several times today. Okay. In this moment. Yeah. Knowing what I know now. All that we've discussed. Mulholland Drive. Ah! Okay. 1000%. I am. That's. That is so surprising though. Given how much that movie truly (laughs) upset you. You were. Like. Shaking. You were mad (laughs) and i had seen it multiple times before that evening but in question is one of the best movies of the century but that's the thing this this year has so many of those so many of them i love that for you thank you who do you have i already said who do you who did you say 
I said in the bedroom. You said Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Okay. We literally that just talked. Was I literally the last you. ten minutes. <laughs> I screamed at you for the last ten minutes about why Ocean's Eleven is the best. Picture. So who do you choose? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you listen to me. <laughs> okay. Let's re- let's circle back to this Saramani. We haven't reached the point where the Oscars have any sort of self-awareness about the pomp and circumstance. It's so serious, you guys. These ceremonies are also so interesting in, as a time capsule, like Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Phillippe, then married, coming out <laughs> to present together. Ooh. We also had Sandy B and Hugh Grant presenting together because they were making two weeks notice. Yeah, two weeks notice was about to come out. I love when they do promotional things. Yes. Like, well, they did that with also with Kiki Dunst and Tobey Maguire. Spider Man was about to make oh, a yeah. splash. <laughs> Marvel was, was about was, to ruin our lives. It wasn't Marvel, babe. It oh, was right, it was Sony. Sony. I'm Get so your... sorry. I don't have too much else written about the ceremony except for some of the worst dresses in Oscar history. We are history. starved for beauty. <laughs> Truly, it was truly beautiful women looking like absolute dog shit. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it is. There, there is no best dress for such a great year in film. It is a travesty for fashion. Men are not trying anything, so we're not even going to. We're not even going to go there. (laughs) Miss Gwyneth (sighs) and her Alexander McQueen. This is the year where she's wearing like a tank top, basically, with like and her her chiffon over it. Her Alexander McQueen gown. It's really the makeup that does it. She's she's like, I'm a goth girl. I'm a cool girl, not a regular girl. It's like the opposite of her winning dress. She look. literally was like, I want to do the exact opposite of my pink dress. Yeah. I was Princess Peach and now I'm Bowser. I thought, and this is going to be the only time I ever say this. I think Reese Witherspoon was best dressed. That's truly wild. It's just basic, simple. But it's again, it's like, what? why are we obsessed with the 1920s? It's a continuation of that. It's, it's not as costumey as like the years before. If but you it's want costumey, like, I'll give you Marissa Tomei this year. I don't like the embellishment on Reese's dress. I'm sorry. I think, Nicole, if you lose that horrendous necklace... I'm always going to love a Chanel Couture gown, especially on Queen Nicole. It's like the height of her relationship with Chanel. I think she was about to be the face of number five. There was that number five commercial directed by Baz. Jennifer Connelly in one of the ugliest Oscar gowns. And like to win in that. That's really tough. Because like Jennifer Connelly has good taste. Like she's been... I feel like she's had really great moments throughout the decades. She's a Nicola Gasquier girly. But, like, this is, honestly, it looks like... How would you describe it? It looks like in Splash, she's it's like a mermaid just got legs and she just, like, picked up some, like, burlap yeah. the, at the dock. It's like, like a, an incredibly ill-fitting... It's, like, too green of a beige and an inexplicable shawl scarf skinny scarf going around her neck jennifer lopez has what i can only describe as the sitcom happy endings where they make helmets into wigs where they put a wig they combine a wig and a helmet yeah a bike helmet (laughs) whoopi goldberg looked great yeah 
Kirsten Dunst can do literally no wrong in my book. I think this is a dress that was like very, very on point at the time. At the time. It's, I think it's John Galliano for Dior. I love... Okay, so Barbara Streisand, our one true god. <laughs> she looks great. Sorry. It's a very V-neck off the shoulder caftan in a burgundy. She's wearing a burgundy tight as well. Is she a tight to go with it? She looks incredible and I stand by that. I thought Sissy Spacek looked gorge regal in like a like a structured jacket and ball skirt classy as hell she's fucking classy as hell but that's really it it's like such a sad year best dressed mike wazowski (laughs) yeah um sharon stone sorry sharon stone looks great no because i mean sharon stone always looks great but you have this awful this is an immediate nick for any dress that has this which is something that looks strapless but is held up by ice skater mesh <laughs> how did this get laid obviously goes to ryan Philippi. <laughs> fucking scary as hell he's so scary in gosford park wait reese has the ice skater mesh too let's see it I guess it's to hold the sleeves up. We're really making way for all that jazz in terms of like the 20s and 30s fashion creeping up. We're really clearing the way for For Chicago. Chicago, For sure. Like, thank God this got laid. This year, Josh Hartnett. Folks, roll the tape. Man, the deepest, (laughs) velvetiest voice. On a man. He Minnesota's own again, the the nineteen eighty phenomenon. Okay, realizing that all of my formative childhood crushes were of men born between the years like nineteen seventy eight and nineteen eighty two. That's like weird. That's I don't know. There's something there. I'm also gonna say you and McGregor's singing voice in Moulin Rouge transformed me. Yeah. You and McGregor is so hot but specifically his singing voice yeah. really i was like <gasps> it is because it feels it's not like so trained that it's it just sounds like every other like broadway voice it's so clearly just him singing yeah i don't think i can overstate how obsessed i was with jake gyllenhaal for, no. for most of my life Very. like i really can't overstate it like from the age of like eight nine to 18 there is a steep decline <laughs> we do fall right off that cliff at a certain okay point, maybe but... i think till 17 i think i like and then it was fully taken over by ryan gosling they were sort of like oh interesting in contention for number one forever Whoa. the amount of like interviews i used to watch mm-hmm. of jake gyllenhaal with bated breath to see who he was in a relationship with who becomes Reese Witherspoon, Witherspoon at some point we forget about we do, that we like I would love to see her revisit that relationship now we don't talk about that to a point where I'm like why not why not fascinating so all that to say excuse me who the fuck is that Jake Gyllenhaal okay mine was Robert Schwartzman and Princess oh Mary's. my god yes 
the way this planted a seed in yeah. my mind that has not gone away that formed into a tree and i am that tree yeah <laughs> is like okay brown haired band yes. boys good night that was my who it the is fuck very, is this yeah it's very formative i also watched black hawk down because this is an era where i would consume all war films because of the ratio <laughs> of boys yeah Pearl Harbor, hello. Sweaty boy, sweaty, dirty boys. I will say that Michelle Bay really knows how to frame and light a beautiful man, a beautiful boy. Josh Hartnett in that movie. Even, I'm sorry. Even Ben Affleck. And I'll never say that again. Me neither. But you, that was the first time I was like, okay, I I kind of get it. What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. My other who the fuck is that is because I feel like. She was like the cool girl, other than Kirsten. Shannon Sossaman. So fucking beautiful. And in a like, Night's Tale? In a Night's Tale? With her spiky, like weird early 2000s yeah. twisty hair. She's And she's just like so like self possessed and cool, is the vibe she gives off. She was huge for me. My only other point is special mention for the most haunting image in film. I know exactly what you're going to say. I still think (laughs) about it. I just got like prickles on the back of my neck thinking about it. I think about this still on a weekly basis. There is a shot in in the bedroom that is so violently upsetting. It is, I don't even feel like I should describe it, but I have to. I'll describe to. it. Or you got it. It's, so they're on a, they're on a lobster boat. They're doing their lobstering. Whatever the. Is that what it's called? And I can't remember who. I think Tom Wilkinson holds up. He's showing his son's girlfriend's child. Yes. So he's like so taking this little boy under his wing. Traumatizing this child with, because I was traumatized by it. With the image of the underside of a pregnant lobster, it is the most vile, upsetting thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, but this is also so important Yeah, because that's Todd Field, baby. Yeah. You're just doing a, the most, like, one of the most American thing, like a Simple grandson. Mundane. Yeah. A grandson teaching his grandson, a grandfather teaching his grandson how to literally fish. fish. Yeah. It is, like, um, the trope. It's Americana, but yeah. then the under, literally Literal the underbelly. underbelly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Todd you are so fucking good, but it is, it is the most haunting image I've ever seen. Like, I had a physical. Full body body reaction to seeing that and it's not played for that no it's not at all it's not, not at all. even mentioned as being gross no it's just like look at this, this is what it looks like mary and i turned to each other because like we were speechless yeah. so we turned to each other and was like did that upset you like we were both yeah. like that Wait, was upsetting right yeah that was the most haunting thing i've ever seen right i'll never recover i will never forget that. that there's a couple moments in mulan mulan drive <laughs> Mulholland Rouge <laughs> that has like the same jump scare, but it doesn't. It's it not, doesn't. It still doesn't. It's not like, the same impact. Todd Field is our 
best artist of Americana. Absolutely. Agree. Also, a huge, huge moment in cinema history to me this year is Liv Tyler slinging a little hobbit on her back on a horse and says, if you want him, come and claim him. I mean, it is the moment of the movie. It is for me. It's like, okay, I get it. Okay, what I was trying to say is that Todd Field is like Edward Hopper. Oh, yeah, the diner guy. Deep <laughs> No one, no one looks at the American psyche quite like Todd Field. Even with Tar, Tar is an American it's story. It's an American story, and we've just hit four hours twenty three minutes of the ceremony and four and... hours of recording. <laughs> this was a great year. Great. This year was a really movies. fun year to talk about. A fun year for the ceremony too. I thought Whoopi Goldberg yeah. did a great job. Whoopi is a great host. She's a great host. She can sing. She does the bits she does the stingers well folks so that was 2001 honoring the films of the year 2001 banner year well thank you so much mary thank you so much zoe i'll see you next week for 2002 for all that jazz all that jazz goodbye goodbye